Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So I don't put out a pitch at the end of each vlog like I used to for you to send in your questions. I used to do that every week, send in your questions. But every now and then I still get a question. So uh, I guess people submit it at the support website, support.brightlineeating.com or they write it into my social media team on some sort of social media platform and it gets funneled over to me. So I have this question someone wrote in and I really relate to it. So she says, I have a young daughter and I wonder how her growing up watching her mom weigh her food is going to affect her long term. I worry that my habits might have a negative impact on her relationship with food someday. Sometimes I think maybe I should just follow the one plate rule when I'm around her, but I really like not having to decide how much food should go on my plate. I know Susan has three daughters. Does she have any thoughts about this? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do. Oh, my heart goes out to you. Yeah, I so get it. So, Backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. 2011, my daughter Maya was just born. I was now the, the mother of three young daughters, twins, age three, and Maya, a newborn. And at that time, I had been um, eating no sugar, no flour, weighing and measuring every morsel, eating three meals a day, immaculately without a single baby carrot off my food plan for eight years. Not a break in eight years. And um, I was in a 12-step food addiction program then. And I, for exactly the reason you just described, out of fear of passing my food pathology onto my daughters, decided to do an intuitive eating experiment. Um, I had done enough inner work at that time that um, I had really no particular issues or static or anything in my inner landscape. I was a tenured psychology professor. I'd been a professor for 10 years at that point. And I just was so peaceful. And I thought, I know how to do this now, I bet. Like I can probably, I just wanted my daughters to eat what I was eating. And um, for me to eat what they were eating. I wanted to be able to eat food when they held it up for me and just eat it right out of their little fingers. And I wanted to share all meals together. And, and I didn't want them to see me weighing my food. So I hired the world's expert that I could find on intuitive, um, uh, mindful eating. And I made a list of 20 people in my smartphone who I knew I could get support from. I talked with each of the 20, literally 20 people. And they were like, oh yeah, I so believe that you don't need to follow a 12-step approach, an addiction-based approach, a bright line approach to food anymore. Bright line eating didn't exist yet, but you know, that sort of black or white type thing. I, you don't need to weigh your food. Your body has changed. I'd been in a right-sized body at that time for like eight years, nine years. Anyway, Within a month and a half, I was mad as a cut snake and crawling, crawling, crawling back to my digital food scale. 
it was stunning to me how much just letting go of those boundaries um it it didn't like explode but it just unraveled and so i learned that for me to be healthy i really need to do this um i gave it such the college try holy smoke doodles i really tried but between then and now you know now my daughters are 11 11 and almost eight and they're normal eaters so far they are really and they get you know they know mommy doesn't eat sugar mommy doesn't eat flour they see me put my food on the scale every day every meal of every day um and here are the principles that i've come to believe matter in terms of how we raise our kids with food and i also get that the burden is heavier when it comes to our daughters for sure and you know the research is clear on that the odds of a girl developing food issues are way higher than a boy so um principle number one is it really matters how we live in our body our body acceptance and body uh, juiciness and inhabitation like is is our body our home are we comfortable in it or are we wearing clothes that fit are we um moving when we want to move and stretching when we want to stretch and moving without hedging that the rolls in our stomach might show and pulling out our shirt lest it get caught in the crease of our stomach rolls and um always ducking behind somebody when pictures are taken because we don't want to be seen that stuff is um palpable to our kids it's palpable to everyone i don't know if you can relate to seeing a woman comfortable in her skin and thinking i want what she has regardless of what size she is right as a matter of fact often it was women who were larger who were comfortable in their skin those were the women i wanted what they had like i could tell it wasn't that they had a perfect body it was that they were in their body they were inhabiting their body it's important that we inhabit our bodies our daughters will notice over time whether we are really living in our bodies it also matters how we talk about our bodies and how we treat our bodies so um you have a young daughter it will happen that your daughter will start to come home from school having learned to say things like my stomach looks fat does my butt look big am i skinny um, am i too fat skinny talk and fat talk in my opinion should be shut down immediately with just a firm rule kind of like um uh whatever teach your kids not to pick their nose in public or not to sneeze without covering it up at all or whatever you just shut it down like oh sweetheart we don't do that um i have a firm rule i don't do skinny talk and i don't do fat talk and i just say i don't think that's healthy sweetie i don't do skinny talk and i don't do fat talk so i know your friends are going to engage in that but i don't think that's a, a healthy way to relate to your body so i'm not answering that question am i skinny um but 
I will tell you that um, I love the outfit that you picked out for today and you're growing just fine and I think your body is super healthy and I don't think you have anything to worry about in terms of your body size one way or the other and you know keep eating for fuel and enjoying your body bottom line but I don't do skinny talk and I don't do fat talk it's not healthy um and my kids will never hear me talk about my body skinny or fat um so that's another thing I also want to point out a second principle for raising daughters that aren't um unhealthy with food and their bodies there's an underlying assumption in your question the underlying assumption is that by weighing your food you are relating to your eating in an unhealthy way um, dominated by the food controller most people assume that if you're putting your food on a digital food scale you're dominated by a food controller you're afraid of eating too much that you're fear-based that you don't trust yourself that you um, aren't comfortable fully nourishing yourself to the extent that your body needs and I just want to say that that's not actually the case that's an assumption Think about it this way, is someone who uh, enters fitness competitions and weighs their food to get the precise ratios of macronutrients and exactly what they need to cut for that competition, um, what do you think about that, right? What if someone grew up watching their parent every now and then enter a bodybuilding competition and going through cycles of sometimes putting their food on, the, on a digital food scale or always putting their food on a digital food scale to get the precise nutrition that they wanted and needed. That kid would ask that parent, hey, what are you doing? And the parent would say, well, because I like to do bodybuilding, it's really important that I'm very precise about my nutrition. And this measurement device here allows me to be precise about my nutrition. Is there anything unhealthy about that? I would argue not necessarily, right? Um, there could be some pathology behind that, but there isn't necessarily, right? So um, what I think is going to be unhealthy for a young girl is to watch her mom um, be constantly embroiled in the food indulger, food controller polarization, where they're indulging sometimes and then they're controlling other times, or they're always controlling like crystal vaser, perfect bright lines, but from a place of being locked down and fear-based and in a state of heightened control. When the parts work that we do in Brightline Freedom is done, um, the food controller is told, hey, thanks for trying to manage things, but I got this. And the food controller, food indulger, sorry, the food indulger is told, hey, um, it's actually not that helpful that we indulge in food. Can we relate to the stress or fear or hurt that's behind this in some other way? Can I just give that wounded child a hug? Maybe we don't need to eat over this feeling. And when the self, the highest self, the calm, clear, confident, courageous, compassionate self relates to those parts, the food indulger and the food controller. And the Bright Line Eating program is self-led. It's like not from a place of fear. I don't weigh my food from a place of fear. I weigh my food from a place of calm and self-love. 
and kind of indifference and automaticity. I've learned through the years, this is what works for me. This is what keeps my eating peaceful and a non-issue. And my kids relate to the non-issue. When I'm weighing my food and everything's smooth and calm, they don't notice one way or the other. Mommy puts her food on the scale and it ain't no thing. It's no big deal. Every now and then one of my kids wants to weigh her food and then she quickly like realizes, oh, this is, I don't really know what I'm doing here. And like, okay, I'm having four ounces of peaches. And they're like, well, I don't even, you know, and then they like eat some of them. And like, you know, I always let them use my scale if they want to. And uh, it happens every now and then. And then they quickly lose interest. But I remind them, you know, mommy weighs her food because um, my stomach and my brain don't always talk regularly about how much fuel I need, but I know how much fuel I need. And the scale makes sure that I'm getting that amount, the perfect amount of fuel for my body so I can have energy. Um, that makes sense to them. They get that. There's no pathology going on there. What they notice is that I'm calm and clear and confident and neutral around my food. I'm not fear-based and controlling, right? So the third principle that I believe around relating to our kids around their food and our food and um, doing what we can do to raise healthy eaters, non-food obsessed healthy eaters is to follow the division of responsibility, which means there's a clear division. My responsibility as a parent is to provide the food at regular mealtimes. And I get to choose what's on the menu, foods that I feel good about serving. And it's important that I offer a wide variety. Brightline eating really helps with this because it provides meal structure. It provides the notion of categories of food. Make sure you've got some of everything. And of course, kids need starch and real fats and so forth, which we do in Brightline eating. There's no fake foods going on around here. And the division of responsibility is that my responsibility ends there and I become deaf, dumb, and blind to whether kids eat at all from what I've provided and how much they eat of what. I never praise the eating of vegetables. I never scorn the eating of white rice with butter all over it. I never um, coax them to try to try things. Never, ever, ever. And by being so neutral to like, the food value of these different foods that I've provided, letting them just eat what they're gonna eat. I have three girls now who will freely claim that steamed broccoli is one of their favorite foods. Roasted Brussels sprouts is one of their favorite foods. And they don't seem to judge themselves at all, whether they're having waffles for breakfast with syrup all over it or a banana and some oatmeal. Like they just eat and move on. And they are so good at just listening to the signal where their stomachs tell their brain, I'm done eating, and then they get distracted. They move on with life. They maintain a healthy body weight. So those are the principles that I think serve our kids well when it comes to raising healthy eaters. What I know that what I know for myself is that me being um in the thick of my issues with food is noticeable to them and it doesn't serve them. So what's important is that I take care of myself and I model being peaceful in my relationship with food. And for me, that means I don't eat sugar, I don't eat flour, I put my food on the scale and I only eat at mealtimes. 
in general, those are habits that like a kid would do well to follow. Probably not the putting a food, the food on a digital food scale, but the steadiness and the peace are things that are worthy of emulation. And oh, by the way, it doesn't hurt that they see their mommy wolf down huge quantities of vegetables every lunch and dinner. Kids grow up to eat the way their parents eat by and large. And if you're afraid that the digital food scale is the crux of that, I promise you it's not. It's the cooking meals at home, eating lots of veggies, eating abundant quantities, enjoying every bit of it and feeling calm and peaceful about it. And then lastly, I just wanted to share that I noticed an underlying assumption in what you wrote in, which is that um, you could do it another way. Like, if I could do this another way, I'd be doing it that other way. I've tried every flippin' way to do my food in the known universe that I could think of. And this is the way that produces the best outcomes for me by far, not even close. I never deny anyone their research. If you want to try other ways of handling your food, by all means, hats off to you. And in the service of raising a healthy eater, I highly recommend you settle on the method that gives you peace. And that's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week.